Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 226. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. I know. I'm here. I am Zook and I'm here. I, I know, right? Whoa. <laughs> wow. The last two it's weeks have been up. crazy. It's like the warden just came back into the prison and told <laughs> Dang it, we to have to behave to now. Cells. Quick, everyone look busy. <laughs> yeah, totally. We were totally doing that. We weren't messing around at all. No Welcome nerf back, gun fights though. here. Thanks for holding we, down the fort, we, guys. We did try. Hopefully we didn't um, screw things up too badly. But you know me. I tend to like to do that on purpose. So There's like innuendo I want to drop right there. I'm not even saying it's appropriate. I just it just feels right. Which is what she said. <laughs> Sausage. Okay, so <laughs> special thanks to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and Stitcher.com. Also, Radio KSCR and Eagle Moss Limited. And I think that's all of them. Forty-eight, fourteen. Did you say them? No. I did. <laughs> Special. 4814.com. You need a website. Go see them. They're awesome. Special, special, special. Thanks to our friends over at 48-14.com, the best WordPress host, who will actually go in and fix all the different ways you screwed up your site, as they've done for me this week. Uh, again? Again. Or is it still? I think I did something to, quote, unquote, optimize the site and speed it up, and in the process, uh, procedurally broke sections of our database. That's a de-optimization. <laughs> yes. Ooh, I will trim it down by getting rid of these unneeded files. Unneeded is in air quotes, by the way. It's, it's oh, yeah, like that those, user's file? Yeah. Yeah, it's like those people that try and alphabetize all of their like uh, files, their DLL files and stuff, regardless of what folder they're in. They just put them all together. Exactly. These That's, are ones that, that don't use do. English words for their names, so I put them into the non-English folder. <laughs> I deleted them. I don't need any of that foreign stuff on my computer. Uh, really who does yeah um it's like I people back sweeper <laughs> it's like people in the back in the day who didn't know what system 32 was so they deleted it you know sounds like a virus exactly those hackers are on my windows computer uh speaking of windows what is it like four more sleeps until windows 10 something know, like that like, no no it's three and a half more sleeps we're recording at midnight so. oh you're right it's saturday <laughs> well it's saturday for us we're in the past. You, dear listener, are in the future, where it's probably only two, one or two sleeps till Windows 10. They're in the present. Unless you're Colin, in which case you don't use Windows because you work for a dirty communist company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's Send um, your complaints to Awesome. You. Oh, you may be wondering where Colin is this week. Well, actually, funny story that, see, he was traveling, and his iPhone, uh, which we mock him for mercilessly, but in good fun. I mean, it's, it's not a BlackBerry. Um, what happened? Did it get broken? It got dropped? It got put in some water? Something happened to it. <laughs> he was Something with pictures of um, women mud wrestling. I, that's what it and, looked like to me. And uh, it got he got some mud on his iphone and it broke the speaker i don't know yeah something uh, and, and believe it or not we're not actually making any of that that's up not, that's not made up we couldn't make that up if we tried this isn't like oh actually got, we could but yeah this isn't like you know he, he he fell off a bridge or he got crushed under servers or eaten by a dragon no no everything he just said is about as factually accurate as we can tell um well he had to go in and get a new phone and he asked us, the three Android users, which one he should get. And he ended up walking out with an LG G4. Six plus. Oh, yeah, the G4. Yeah, he, he got a G4. Uh, the Apple Gestapo uh, promptly tracked him down and murdered him. So that's why Colin is not with us for this episode. And he couldn't let us know via text because the whole iText or iMessage, yeah, is. iMessage was broken. Yeah, yeah they, they won't send his messages now because he defected. Mm-hmm. So they just killed him. They yeah. just killed him. It's like Cold he's blood. Germany. Yep. Um, we have no feed. We get him back. I think they choked him out a with a lightning cable. <laughs> <laughs> I'd want to say what kind of wire that is, but I can never pronounce it right. A garrot? A garrot. Yeah, that sounds way better than grotto. <laughs> I've played a lot of hit I am garrot. in my life. <laughs> I am garrot. <laughs> um... 
Okay, so we have no feedback. Uh, and after two weeks of you guys running the show, that's saying something, I guess. Uh, either all our listeners left or they loved it so much they couldn't express it in words. <laughs> You've stupefied them. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> so with that, let's go into our first headline. And it is something that seems, well, it seems mildly stupid, to be perfectly honest. Um, this is a local news site uh, that picked it up, but it's actually not local news. It uh, comes to us from back east, where an 18-year-old Connecticut college student created a, a drone, a quadricopter. And that by itself is not uncommon. No, what's a little bit more uncommon is that he rigged a mount in it and figured out a way to get it to fire a handgun by remote control. That's like Mythbusters stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, okay, credit where credit's due, it looks like a pretty stable drone. Even when it fires, the recoil pushes the drone back a little bit, but it's able to recover, I don't know, not its footing, but its position quite well. Now, here's where all of this kind of becomes a problem. See, they were on private property. They were shooting a legally owned gun. Uh, they were in the full legal right to fly that quadricopter there. They weren't aiming at anything dangerous. By all accounts, this should be open and shut. And at the moment, it is. He's not in any legal trouble. Um, he didn't break any laws. However, it has a lot of people, including the FAA and the FBI, wondering, wait a minute, this can't be good because here's the situation with drones. See, even if you own your home, even if you don't rent, if you own your home, people can fly drones above it. They can fly it in and around your windows. They can fly it above your yard. They can videotape you if they wanted to because technically a drone is an aircraft. It, it, it's true. It's, they're rated as the FAA, by the FAA as an aircraft, which means they own the airspace from the blades of grass up. And it's actually illegal to shoot them down. It's only illegal if you get caught, my friend. Yeah. Um, so what happens if the drone that happens to be violating your house's airspace happens to be carrying a handgun? Can you shoot it down then? Uh, can, you get I would, a, can you get a concealed carry permit for your drone? I, it, there's no laws about it. There's none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I so would it, think it raises a lot of questions. Where I mean, we don't have any legislation for something like this yet. We have tons of legislation for flying things around, for videotaping people, um, kind of, <laughs> uh, but nothing yet for machines carrying robots yet. All the machines carrying robots now are in military possession. And they're strictly controlled. So Until they uprise. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not happen soon. Yeah. I, and, uh, See, it's I, crazy because drones are being used more and more now, and they're becoming a bit of a nuisance in my opinion. Yeah, especially when we're trying to talk about UFOs and all they are, <laughs> stupid drone sightings. Uh, for us, if you want to hear what I'm talking about, SD Files, every Wednesday here at StolenDroids.com. Nice plug. Uh, but, Hey, I try, you know, got to cross promote, but you know, I would think that if you've got somebody that is entering your property, uh, with a handgun, with the intent of using it for nefarious purposes or a knife or a baseball bat or whatever the case may be, you are justified in most places to remove the threat and protect yourself. Mm -hmm. At least that's what the law says. Yeah, and, the they, and they are quick to point out that that would apply as well if it were a dr an armed drone. Yeah, the, the media will say otherwise, and, and activists may say otherwise, but the law says you can protect yourself. So I would imagine if you've got a drone coming in with a handgun pointed anywhere in your vicinity, you have every right to remove that threat if you perceive it to be such. Mm -hmm. Now, um... There, they do point out here, uh, Tom uh, Fuentes, who is former director of the FBI, um, said that he believes this kind of drone will be illegal on grounds of reckless conduct. And he actually points out a very good quote here I like from him. It says, with a conceal and carry permit, you are responsible for that firearm. With a drone, it's out of your control, and someone could get their hands on it. That's extremely dangerous. And I think that really is the best. I mean, even you gun lovers out there, of which I, I think we have a really big one here on the show, and I by no means am a, am a gun hater or a gun control activist, but I think we can all agree with that. 
Yeah, I think in a lot of cases it would be irresponsible at best. You know, when I, I, I have a concealed weapons permit, I can carry a firearm if I so choose. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You never know if I'm carrying, so don't mess with me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't want that out of my possession. And if it's on a drone, it's out of my possession. I don't even want to leave it in my car because it's out of my possession and you never know what could happen. And if something does happen, somebody does get their hands on that, then I have some responsibility on myself for whatever happens there. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I think it's irresponsible at best. It's cool, but it's irresponsible. And it is. I mean, let's be honest. It's a pretty well-built drone. I wish I could do that. I probably could if I had the time and the money. But this is also coming like right on the heels. Uh, during a California forest fire, firefighters said they were actually battling drones. Not drones that were armed, not drones that were attacking, but people who wanted to get really awesome footage of a wildfire, just want to stress that, were sending their drones in to get footage. Well, there are larger helicopters in the area, too. They're firefighting helicopters, and they're trying to do water drops on the area. And said that actually a few of the drones were getting in the way of the helicopters, uh, and so California is now proposing regulations and legislation, excuse me, to uh, create temporary no-fly areas over such emergencies. Kind of like um, don't park in front of a fire hydrant ideas, you know, which you'd think would be a no-brainer. But again, evidently common sense and the law have not yet caught up to technology here. Now, my dad was a firefighter for seven years. And one of the coolest things he told me, when people would park in front of a fire hydrant that they need to, needed to access, they wouldn't worry about trying to find the owner or towing the car. They would break one window, <clears throat> they would run a hose through the car, they would break the other window, and they would hook it up to the hydrant. Yep, I've seen that, actually. And it destroys the car, because there's a lot of water that comes out. But maybe that's what kind of the attitude that they need to take with these drones Hey, if you've got a drone in our in our airspace, we're trying to do a job. You know, maybe they've got some police sniper sitting there just shooting them down. I don't know. I I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, but then it, that it goes. That. Yeah. The problem is that like if if a drone hits rotors of a helicopter or something, that it, it, putting other people's lives in danger. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's more cool. to it than just. Yeah, it would be cool to have a someone sniping them out of. The, the air have like some big EMP blaster or something. I don't know. Pull. Yeah, just <laughs> just take them down. <laughs> just take them down. So, because, yeah, you're exactly right. They do pose a threat, and you are, you know, I've got tremendous respect for firefighters and other first responders, and you got to look out for them. You got to look out for them. Now, I, I say that drones have become a nuisance because today, or rather yeah, yesterday, because this is after midnight, was the 24th of July. And here in Utah, um, that's kind of our statehood day. Uh, it's almost bigger than the 4th of July when it comes to fireworks down here where I live. And just huge fireworks display. I got home from it late tonight. Schmidt got home from his uh, from the one he went to late tonight. That's why we're recording after midnight. And I don't know about you, Schmidt, but where I was, where I was sitting, I could count like six drones flying in and around the fireworks display. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a shell to hit one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any this year. Um, last year at, at this same show for this city, um, there there were one or two flying around, but none this year. So I, it kind of makes me wonder if someone was uh, doing some back background work trying to shut those down early on. So. <laughs> those are the ones you thought were Roman candles, but were really just anti, <laughs> anti-aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you have a drone, don't be a jerk about it, huh? Just saying. Um, in news of the wired, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> I, I do see what you did there. That was impressive. Uh, so our friend Gene from over at Krypton Radio sent us this link saying that uh, he thought we'd find this interesting. And we did, except not for the reasons he thought, or maybe he thought, I don't know. Gene's a smart guy. He may have seen exactly where we were going to go with this. Wired Magazine, often considered the best for tech news, you know, in a pre-internet world, um, has published an article talking about a company-wide memo where Microsoft and their CEO has decided to slice another 7,800 jobs um, in addition to the already huge 18,000 jobs. Now, we never like 
reporting on job cuts. It's painful. It hurts everyone. I understand why businesses do it, uh, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt any less. You know, uh, no one likes to lose their job. Telling from this, however, is the fact that these are nearly all from their cell phone side, the side that they picked up from Nokia when they merged with them. So, Wired says that it's official. This is the actual headline. It's official. Microsoft concedes the smartphone war. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I guess Wired is written by BuzzFeed writers now? I guess. Or it's official. This news report will restore your faith in humanity, and you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> They're all internet writers now. They all do clickbait. They all do horrible fact-checking, if they even do any fact-checking. It's, it's yeah. It, well, it's all full of the suck. First point we should probably point out is Microsoft was never in the smartphone war. I know that doesn't make sense. I know that sounds like Schmitty's just you know talking out his butt, but but hear him out here because he's <laughs> he's absolutely right. Because they, I mean, yeah, they have they have Windows Phone. They've had the Windows Phone since what early two thousands. Yeah, um, it's been a long time. But they've never actually made smartphones. I mean, and and you could argue that well, Android doesn't make smartphones. But they're in the smartphone war. But Microsoft is more along the lines of the operating system war. They're they're making the operating system uh, as a service that also works on your phone, <laughs> instead of the other way around, where you know they're making a phone and then okay, now we'll make it work with your operating system. So mm. I, I the funny thing is here is that supposedly uh, Wired is this really great magazine and they've completely missed the entire point of what Microsoft has been trying to do with the Windows phone. Now, yeah, I'm a Microsoft fan. So yeah, you could accuse me of being biased towards Microsoft, but here's why everyone who says that Microsoft has been in the smartphone war has been completely wrong. It's because Microsoft isn't trying to get you to buy a phone. Microsoft is trying to get you to buy their ecosystem. They don't care what phone that happens to be on. Remember, Microsoft owns a huge amount of stock in Apple. Remember, Microsoft makes money on every single Android phone sold. They own half the patents that Android uses. They don't care which phone you buy because they make money no matter what. No, they're trying to get you to use the Microsoft ecosystem. They want you on Office 365, not Gmail. They want you on OneDrive, not Google Drive, right? Yeah, it's Google Drive now. Google Drive, yeah. They want you to use Cortana. They want you to use Bing. They want you to use Xbox Music, which they're kind of failing at. They want you to use their services. Well, the easiest way to do that was to use a Windows phone. That wasn't working real well, so they started to push out more of those same services and those same apps for Android and iOS. And everyone, again, took it as, oh, it means that they know they're failing at making a phone. Well, okay, maybe that's one way of looking at it, but they're not trying to make a phone. They're trying to get you to use their services. You know, it's the exact same reason that they give away Microsoft Office and Microsoft Windows operating system and all these Microsoft software products to college students. You hook them, and then they stay. Oh, oh, college students, nothing. This Wednesday, the 29th, guess what? You get Windows 10 for free. It's Everyone. Like, yeah, Microsoft suddenly turned into Oprah, and you get Windows 10, and you get Windows 10, and you get Windows 10. We all get Windows 10. But yet, this article says, all in all in, this amounts to the loss of around one-fifth of Microsoft's total global headcount, symbolizing a swift and stunning admission by Nadella, that's their CEO, that Microsoft can't compete with the big dogs like Apple and Samsung in the smartphone wars. It's better off bowing out. Well... <laughs> Uh, a next paragraph, first sentence, roughly translated, that means that while Microsoft doesn't plan on killing its smartphone business altogether, it does plan on paring it down substantially to align with Microsoft's new focus on productivity. One, that's crap. Two, that's not a new focus. It's kind of been their focus since the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and three, evidently this person doesn't know that Windows 10 is coming out. And here's why I say that, okay? Because Windows 10 uh, is free. I'm going to install it. Why wouldn't I install it? I don't have to pirate Microsoft products anymore. Do you know how weird that is? 
kind of feels funny. Yeah, I feel like I've I've sold out. <laughs> like I'm no longer. You almost have to go like download a torrent of Windows 10 just so you can feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it won't activate. It won't work. But I just kind of feel like I have to. Like it's tradition. Um, so I'm going to first install Windows 10 on my tablet. And then I'm going to go to my Xbox 360 and download the system update. Then I'm going to plug my controller into my tablet, and I am going to play an Xbox 360 game in my bedroom on my tablet. Oh, I will yeah. be 0% productive, and not a single crap will be given. That's witchcraft. Oh, and hey, by the way, I get a free uh, OneDrive account already, because I'm already a Microsoft user. Oh, by the way, so do you, and you, and you, and everyone else who's used Windows 8, or 7 even, you already have a OneDrive account. Did you know that? You can use it right now. And I'm sorry, it works better than Google Drive does in terms of integration. I won't say in terms of document keeping, or Google Drive definitely still has its strengths. We use it here for show notes, but to keep my own files... It's either that or I download Box or Dropbox or, you know, some other third-party program. I might as well use Those the one that's already integrated. Dropbox and Box.net are still around? Yeah, exactly. Who knew? <laughs> okay, and now Cortana is on my Android phone, and it will integrate with my Windows 10 laptop and my Windows 10 tablet and my Xbox. Sorry, Google Now. You've been getting better and better, but you can't do that. <laughs> the future is here. Yeah, people... If you can't understand what Microsoft has been doing, don't write for Wired Magazine. You know, I haven't read Wired Magazine with any regularity for years, and this is a perfect example of why. Yeah. It, it really is. It's just shoddy reporting. Yeah. Um, well, let's go with more shoddy reporting from Wired. See, they've proven that you can hack a Jeep. And they can kill your brakes. So here's a quote from their article from Wired.com. I was driving 70 miles per hour on the edge of downtown St. Louis when the exploit began to take hold. Though I hadn't touched the dashboard, the vents in the Jeep Cherokee started blasting cold air at the maximum setting, chilling the sweat on my back through the in-seat climate control system. Next, the radio switched to the local hip-hop station and began blaring Skilo at full volume. I spun, around the, spun the control knob left and hit the power button to no avail. Then the windshield wipers turned on and the wiper fluid blurred the glass. He also claimed they were able to disable the brakes. Now, why uh, didn't they do it? Well, it's because they weren't actually hackers. They were um, people who were showing off an exploit that they had uh, discovered and developed where they were able to access the control system of a Chrysler vehicle by first gaining access to the Chrysler vehicle and putting the exploit in there themselves. Now, not really a hack. <laughs> not really a hack. Now, to be fair, is this exploit real? Oh, totally. You know those uh, that quote-unquote hack where Toyotas were accelerating instead of braking if you happen to completely rewire the brakes and the acceleration? <laughs> no, no, seriously. That was when people were talking about the Prius, and Priuses will accelerate if you hit the brakes if you've rewired the brakes and the accelerators in a certain way. Well, yeah, no, no crap. <laughs> but it cost Toyota incredibly. It cost them in PR. It cost them in money. It was insane how much people bought into that. Well, now people are buying into this. But unlike that, this is an actual exploit. This is an actual loophole in the software that if you happen to know what you're doing and are deliberately trying to do it and have access to the onboard computer of one of these vehicles, you could do it. See, I like how Chrysler words this. They say, quote, the software manipulation addressed by this recall required unique and extensive technical knowledge, prolonged physical access to a subject vehicle, and extended periods of time to write code. This isn't something that's going to happen when you're at the drive-thru at Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to kind of play devil's advocate here, I mean, they do say you know it takes extended periods of time to write code, but if that code has already been written and all you need to do is plug a USB drive into an access port in the car... I mean, eventually it could turn into something like that. Oh, well, so th sure, th this yeah. This is more of like a proof positive that it can be done, not saying that it will be done. Well, sure. I mean, it's kind of like a, um, um, a jailbreak of a, win of a, I was about to say Windows phone, but of an iPhone back in the day. To jailbreak your iPhone was actually really, really hard. And then jailbreakme.com came out, which you visited on a web browser on your phone, and it jailbroke your phone immediately. 
I mean, it was a PDF exploit, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was amazing. It was genius. And so these exploits will get better and easier. To jump on that, Chrysler has said, "Okay, we'll take care of it." And to do that, they are um, recalling. 1.4 million vehicles. But because cars are now as advanced as they are, you don't have to send your car in. Instead, they will send out a USB stick for you to plug in. Plug it into the car's computer, follow their instructions, and it flashes the car's control system with the firmware on the USB drive, thereby closing the exploit. It installs anti-malware. Yes. Yeah. 2018. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how when you do a Windows update, it says installing update 3 of 62, please do not turn off your computer. You think that they're going to get some little notice installing update 3 of 62, please do not turn off your car, and you know that Betty is just going to reach over and turn off her car because she doesn't want to run out of gas, and she's going to brick the thing. I just want to hear awesome. the radio like play elevator music while it's installing. <laughs> da, 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 Please do not da, decelerate da, below da, da. 60 miles per hour. <laughs> the faster you drive, the faster this update will install. It's science. <laughs> Why were you speeding? In a, are you going 60 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone? My car I told me to install this update. <laughs> Hackers. <laughs> Hackers will get me. <laughs> Young misanthropes with laptops. <laughs> We're old enough now, we can say that. The ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> the ruffians, rogues. Um, yeah, Gangstas. so... Way to go, Wired. Uh, and speaking of hackers... Um, yeah. So, LifeLock. Well, this isn't even hackers. This is just LifeLock sucking. But they always say they protect you from hackers. Yeah. Ergo. LifeLock is that TV uh, commercial you've seen where the CEO... Um, has printed up his name and his social security number on the side of a truck and driven it around a town, saying that if anyone can steal his identity, he'll pay them $1 million. Um, actually, no, I take that back, because those ads haven't run since his identity was stolen 12 times. Was it only 12? <laughs> I thought it was more than that. I, it may have been. Uh, I think he actually applied for a new social security number. Um, well, it turns out they are horribly bad at protecting people's identity. So bad that the FTC is actually um, putting pressure on them. Uh, it says that they've been falsely pr promising that they will protect personal data uh, and such as social security numbers, credit card numbers, and bank accounts. Uh, it also didn't alert customers as soon as companies became aware of the problems. Um, that happened back in 2010, and now it's happening again. It's... I, it, it's sad because anyone who knows anything about how systems work knows that there is no possible way this service works. That being said, they're not advertising to those people. They're advertising to the little old people who are up late watching TV and can't, you know, still wishing Golden Girls was still on. And by old people staying up late, you mean people... That are like 60, 70, 80, staying up past 630. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, there, there, there is some, some truth to um, services like this. It is possible uh, to, to block most, um, most identity theft attempts, um, but it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of man hours. They, uh, in order to do it correctly, a person has to check your your credentials against many different banks or whatnot every single day it's a lot of work um so either they just weren't doing that work or they weren't or they were cutting corners and 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 or doing the wrong way so it's it's not a question of whether or not it can be done because it can be done but uh, it's the question of whether or not they were doing their due diligence it's more of an identity monitoring I mean, that's yes. the only real way you can protect your identity is by having something that monitors your identity, not right. necessarily protect it. Yeah, they, they monitor every every day, and if something looks out of the ordinary, then they jump in and, and intervene. They, they're calling your banks and to, to shut things off and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they were doing that. So Yeah, not so great. Uh, talking about other hacks, yeah, let's go with Ashley Madison. If you don't know what Ashley Madison is, good for you. But it's the online dating service that is specifically geared for married people to find an affair. 
hey, I guess there's something for everyone out there. It is the internet. What is that? Rule 37? 34. 34, yeah. (laughs) If it exists, it exists on the internet or something like that. Uh, Well, they got hacked. And it's bad. Yeah, one one of their... uh what services that they they provide is that it's that they'll they'll ensure that your affair goes uh, without notice that they'll cover it up for you doesn't work so well if you're packed and that data gets leaked yeah well one of the services is that if you don't want to have a profile anymore you can pay 19 dollars and they will permanently delete all record of you from their servers okay sure um, if that's a concern for you, go ahead and pay the money. It really is the least you can do, let's be honest. Um, well, they weren't actually deleting them. They were just kind of moving them off into another folder. Uh, the hackers, who had inside access into the system somehow, took all of that, and that's what they got. All the people who thought their profile was deleted is now in the hands of the hackers. Some 37 million people. First of all, that's a lot of scumbags out there. Just just saying. Well, uh, news has also come to light from previous employees that, like most dating sites, many of the profiles on there are fake. Usually written by attractive women to get more male clients to register. Or catfishes. Basically, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, this is like Christmas in July for divorce attorneys. Yeah, pretty much. It, it really is. This is just awesome for them. They're all just chomping at the bit here. Now, Ashley Madison, uh, in light of all this, their their cons- customer service department has just been going nuts feeling requests and have said, well, um, we're really sorry about that. We're trying to take them down everywhere they come up. Um, tell you what, how about we just drop that $19 price if you guys want to delete your accounts now? Which, to me, is hilarious, because, like, no, because we know you're not actually deleting them. (laughs) Um, So, if, this is a big if, if you feel this may apply to you, now is possibly a good time to get ahead of it and have that really big talk with your loved one uh, before it, I don't know, gets an email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And just going forward, if this does apply to you, you should probably make sure it doesn't apply to you in the future because it's kind of not a cool thing to do. Because websites will get hacked. <laughs> All yeah. the time. Go for a street corner. They're discreet. Use a BlackBerry. They're secure. <laughs> oh, wait. No, you can't use a street corner anymore because Google Ma- Google Maps, not Mates, <laughs> Google Maps has changed the way that they do things, and they can now track you. Well, they always could track you, but now they've given you the access to see how they track you. I enabled this this week just to test it out. Have you guys tried it? I oh, have I've been, not. I've, been, I've had it turned on for about six years now. I can go and look at all my travel history for the past six years. Yeah. So let's say... Schmitty introduces me to a really cool restaurant. Well, what's its name? I forget. I don't actually remember. I can go onto my phone, into Google Maps, and look at my itinerary for that day, or for really any day it was enabled. I can go in and see my entire timeline in scary detail. It knows when I left where, where I was going, when I got there, how long I was there, where I went after that, and it tries to match it to business names. Now, some of them it already knows because we've told Google where we live and where we work and where we park and all that different stuff. And some of it it just knows because of your schedule. See, this is how Skynet finds us to kill us. <laughs> see, see, I call this feature, I call it Google Alibi. Because if I'm ever framed for a murder or something, I can prove that I wasn't there. Sweetie, I swear I'm not on Ashley phone... Madison. Look, I went straight to work straight back. <laughs> my phone timestamps me at Burger King at noon instead of at... Yeah. So, yeah, it's Google Alibi. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Skynet had ever really wanted to kill John Connor, it just would have had to go back through his Google history to realize he would have been at Dairy Queen at 2 p.m. and just, like, killed him there. Like, they would have yeah, known. It would have been so easy. And then we wouldn't have to do all these reboots. Arnold's getting so old. <laughs> he so. said he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I wish he'd stop threatening us with that. Um... No word yet on if you can edit your timeline or if you can disable it. I'm, I, I know you can disable if you can see it or not on the mobile app, but if what Schmitty says is right, and he's been doing this for years, it's information that's always been there. They're just now giving it to us. 
Yeah. Yeah, they they use it. If you have a, an Android phone or even an iOS or a Windows phone with with Google Apps on it, they're they're tracking your location for traffic data. You you wonder how they get, you know, the traffic data overlaid onto Google Maps. And they're using everyone's Android phone or everyone's phones, really, to get that data. So it's there. I want to go in yeah, there now and see if it can see how I was watching the fireworks. But if you don't like that, I mean, you can turn it off. You, you can, can opt del- out of it, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can delete stuff from your timeline. You can, I mean, edit personal names and places on your map. I mean, there's a lot you can do with it. You do have, you do have control to but some see, extent. Why would you want to do that? If you're ever framed for murder, you have the alibi. Oh, I agree. I mean, unless you go and murder someone, then... Well, don't murder someone. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the <laughs> Ashley Madison thing. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Now, it's not totally accurate here because there was a time where I was at my brother-in-law's house. And it Allegedly. says I was at a nearby sports park. Allegedly. And there's about a two-block distance between the two of them. But the sports park is obviously something that would be listed in Google Maps and Google Business. And... His address, I don't actually have his address. I simply said that I, you know, party at Cameron's or barbecue at Cameron's. And I never actually put his address in there. So it's not totally precise. It it does get better over time. So Yay? Yay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because there, there were times early on when it was tracking me that, you know, I, I drive home on I-15. Uh, but then... It would occasionally say, "Oh, he visited IKEA for a second. No, no, I just drove by it on I fifteen, or you know, he, he went to this place. I was stuck but at I, a light. Really, <laughs> yeah. So, but now it it accurately puts me at you know he was on I fifteen between this point and this point, and then he got off on this road, and so it it's a lot more accurate. I don't know if it's because because over over time it got more accurate, or if if the technology now is better. Um, but I guess you just kind of disproved that first. I can't wait inactive. until it uh, it integrates with Google, with Android Auto and Google Wear and my Google Eyeball and everything else. So it's going to be like, you know, he, he drove to work from this time to this time. He sat in the parking lot and cried quietly to himself for 15 minutes. <laughs> I just had a blast from the past. You said you Google Eyeball. And then I thought, what would they call that? They'd call that iGoogle. But then remember there was an the, iGoogle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was an iGoogle. It was like the Google homepage. And I that, loved it. And I, loved I it. actually talked with the lady who was on the team that killed it. Did you hit her? And I expressed my displeasure. <laughs> she I was really favorite, nice though, so it was hard to stay mad at her. I had all my favorite web comics on my iGoogle page. I had My calendar had was on there. My reader news. was on there. <sighs> my wife almost didn't know what to do when iGoogle shut down. Yeah. You know, looking at this though, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive the history. I mean, I can see that I was I can see where I was at in New Orleans and that was a year and a half ago that I was there. I mean, Google's Google's got a nice a nice um background and it actually shows like I was on a plane. I left Louis Armstrong International Airport and I went to LAX and then I went to Salt Lake City. Uh, and it shows how I traveled. This is this is cool stuff. Oh, and then it shows that I went to my house after that. Holy crap! <laughs> okay, so I just um, I just looked up the day I flew out to L.A. When you guys recorded, I flew out to L.A. that day for business, uh-huh. and it overlaid the pictures I took at the time. So oh wow! So I wouldn't forget. I took a picture of where my car was in long term, in, in you know, in extended stay parking, and then to show my kids my view from the airplane, I took pictures there too and so it actually says okay yeah, i left home i drove for this long i'm moving for three minutes that would have been the shuttle um you entered into the north terminal of the airplane here's the picture you took you got to lax at this time here's the picture you took um here's you arrived you can export that as a as an album and share the story on your blog well actually that would explain <laughs> this is an unintended segue but this would explain why my Google Photos then prompted me in Google Now, here's the storybook of your recent trip to L.A. Yep. It knew when I had left and all the pictures taken in what order and how I was going. And to show how weird that is, Google is now going to kill Google Photos. Kind of. Google Plus Photos. Google Plus Photos is dying. And Google Photos, which is eerily awesome and fast, will stay. 
And here's why no one cares, because no one used Google Plus Photos. Like, statistically well, speaking... without knowing it. Yeah. Statistically <laughs> speaking, I'm actually quite accurate here. Um, and no one even probably knows that it was replaced, because... And this is screwy. It's the same named app with the exact same icon with an almost the same interface, but works completely differently. Yep. <laughs> Google's usually better at this. Well, and most people used it without knowing because at any time you shared a photo through either a Hangout or a Google Chat, which now are the same thing, uh, it would store it in your Google Plus photos. Um, and if you ever shared anything uh, to a google hosted blog it shares it on google plus photos so people would use it without knowing it the only way you would know that you used it um is if you actually posted a photo to google plus which makes sense uh so and and now all those photos you're not going to lose them they're just going over to google photos so they're putting everything all together where it makes sense yeah just kind of it feels like they're kind of jostling things around to make things fit right. I mean, like you said, it's perfect just to make them fit right. But it's kind of confusing to those of us who are kind of trying to keep track. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, – I'm speculating here. Uh, Google Plus itself, it's it's always been you know one of those things. Is it a Facebook killer? Oh, it can't even compete with Facebook. Google says, oh, we're not, we're not even trying to compete with Facebook. But I noticed a couple weeks ago that um, the link – uh, in your profile bar, you know, m- most of the Google apps have that profile bar at the top that have, has the apps uh, quick link and your and your uh, profile link. Um, one of those links was a link directly to your Google Plus page. That link's not there anymore. Really? You have to click into the apps uh, quick launch and then go into Google Plus that way. But you you notice that uh, before before this was taken away, your name... Which was up there, it, which is still up there on the bar, had a plus next to it, and then if you clicked on your name, it took you to Google Plus profile. That link is no longer there, and and I uh, I checked on the, in the Google forums, and yeah, everyone else was saying, yeah, my my Google Plus link is gone. I have to go into the nav, the Google nav, to get to it. So it kind of makes me wonder if they're starting to slowly kill off Google Plus. I don't know. That's just speculation, but. Uh, I kind of get the feeling. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that they're not trying to necessarily kill it so much as they are just trying to. They were never trying to use it as a social network, right? Which I know sounds weird. It's right up there with the fact that Windows wasn't involved in, in in that. But the truth is, is that they weren't. They were just trying to get your data, and people didn't want to give it to them. Yeah. So they ended up getting the data another way. And now that they've been getting the data and everything works just fine, why even pretend to keep it? Yeah, that's a good point. But it just seemed weird. They're, they, they're killing off Google Plus photos. They got rid of that Google Plus link. I mean, you can still get to Google Plus. It's just an extra click now, which is a little annoying. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, even more interesting is the fact that uh, the FCC is actually going to allow AT&T and DirecTV to merge which is kind of odd. Yeah. Um, they do have a few conditions. Chief among them, follow the freaking law. The antitrust law? <laughs> which, no, no, not that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, that one doesn't apply. Let's not get pedantic here, okay? We know they're not going to do that. Uh, right. No, the uh, the net neutrality law. Okay. Okay, so AT&T and DirecTV will merge. And part of that uh, deal is that the FCC says they are not permitted to prioritize DirecTV traffic over AT&T or in any way block any competing video service or require special interconnects with video services. So you know that special one that uh, Netflix had to buy? Yeah. Yeah, it may now be deemed illegal. And AT&T will be required to give Netflix the same level of bandwidth access and interconnectivity as they would their own DirecTV department. That is interesting. What What's more interesting to me is that it, what w- is this merger going to do with all of other all of Directv's other contracts? They have contracts with CenturyLink and Verizon, and uh, you know they're not they're not full on business partnerships. But uh, is this going to kill all those? I don't know. Are we going to only see? I mean, even Best Buy has a, a contract with Directv. You walk into Best Buy and 
you're lucky if you don't get approached by a direct TV salesman. So, yeah, I I don't know. That's a very good business question, though. I mean, I think DirecTV still believes themselves infallible, though, and so big that no one dare cha- dare challenge them. So they can make all the different backroom deals they want. No one's going to leave them, both business wise and customer wise, which we know isn't true. But let them think that. We'll let them keep believing that. Whatever helps them sleep at night. <laughs> Speaking of stupid entertainment companies, uh, Universal Pictures, or rather a company representing Universal Pictures, sent in a, um, a delisting request to Google, stating that these IPs must be delisted for piracy reasons. These IPs have been stealing our stuff, and we don't like it at all. Right? Well, of course they don't like it. No one likes it when you steal their stuff, and they have every right to do that, including uh, a real interesting one that... Uh, that stood out um, 127.0.0.1 <laughs> those of you who work in network engineering will recognize that IP address it is the local host address of every network adapter in the world <laughs> by default if you browse to 127.0.0.1 you are browsing to your own computer that is what's known as home or local host which means two things one the people who put this request in have no clue what they're talking about. And two, someone at Universal Pictures is seeding out torrents of Universal Picture movies. <laughs> which, Specifically Jurassic World. <laughs> which we knew about. Because this is not the first time this has happened. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. I want but to say this, this is like is two years ago we reported on this where they found out that like one third of all torrent traffic comes from the big name studios. Yep. Uh, just... Really? Jaw-dropping. <laughs> Face palm time. <laughs> um, and some f- fun, fun, cool uh, space geek news. SETI. Um, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence uh, may be back. Well, it will be back. We're just not sure how big. Um, it's those huge radio arrays, those radio telescope arrays you see uh, in all the different sci-fi movies of the 90s where they were listening for signals of civilization from out in space. It was pretty much killed in 1994 when they ceased to get funding and they had to go dark. Well, hooray for Russian billionaires with not enough stuff to spend money on because he's just pledged, uh, his name is Yuri Milner, he's just pledged $100 million into SETI. That's no small amount. No. Well, it is if you're a billionaire. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a Russian billionaire. <laughs> you know, a, a, a billion um, rubles, that, that like buys you a car. Yeah, that's like 15 bucks here, isn't it? <laughs> I, I could sell him a Pepsi, you know. Now, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that when they call him a billionaire, he's a, a, a U.S. dollar billionaire. Just, just going to guess that that's what they're saying. Yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. This is that's really not cool. funny, Sadie's, though, Schmitty. <laughs> that's not funny. Yeah. It, no, I know. It, it's funny when you talk about, like, a Mexican millionaire who has, like, a million pesos, which is, like, what, a dollar thirty-two or something? A uh, hundred bucks, maybe. Google that for us, Schmitty. <laughs> Search, uh, Google monkey. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's funny. And here you are taking the humor away. For shame. Oh. I'm so tired. Hold on. Let me get some more Mountain Dew. Um, Speaking of money and how much is how much, um, yeah, it turns out an uh, ex-Google employee created a spreadsheet. I'm sorry. A Google spreadsheet, right? Maybe. They don't actually specify. (laughs) That would be awesome if it was in Excel. This is just such a Google thing. I'm sorry. This is funny to me because it's just such a Google thing to do. But she created a spreadsheet of how much people made in the company. Um, contrary to popular belief, it is actually not illegal to ask or to know what other people make if they are salary, if they are federally exempt employees, meaning they are not hourly, you can ask them and chances are good. They can't keep you from knowing anyway, because oftentimes publicly trading companies, they publish that information anyway. You know, it's just bad taboo to do so. Yeah, it's, it's taboo. They're trying to break that down in Silicon Valley because, as it turns out, there are people who make more for no particular reason doing the same job, or there are companies that pay way under 
what they should be paying. And so they're trying to break down this taboo in the tech industry to try and keep things a little bit more level and to keep the companies on even footing. Now, Google did not like this at all. In fact, and I didn't know this, but uh, everyone knows about Google's 80-20 rule, right? Where 80% of your time, you have to work on Google assigned tasks. And 20% of your time, you can work on whatever, you know, fits your fancy. That's how Gmail came about. That's how how a lot of Google products came about. Yeah, people who were just kind of messing around. Hey, I wonder if I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And, oh, hey, Hangouts. Yeah, we'll call it Google Chat. Sure. Or Google Talk. You know, that's how Hangouts came about. Um, well, you can also award bonuses to coworkers who you feel have done something good. And it's like $150. A lot of people gave her bonuses for creating this spreadsheet, for creating this tracking system, and Google refused to pay it out. Uh, she, she pointed out in a tweet, um, before I left, about 5% of the former company had shared their salary on the sheet. People asked for and got equitable pay based on the data in that sheet. The world didn't end. Everything didn't go up in flames because salaries got shared. But crap got better for some people. <laughs> and see, I don't know how I feel about this because when it comes to my finances and what I make, it's really nobody's business, in my opinion. And... I don't really know that I want to know what other people make. You know, what if they make a lot more than I do and they do a lot less work than I do? That's not a good environment creator. No. You know, but like, for for example, when I worked uh, for the government on the Air Force Base here, I did, combined with uh, one of my other fellow contractors, 13 times more work between the two of us than one of the guys that we worked with, we sat down, we did the math. It was 13 times more work and he made what we made combined. You know, that just breeds hostility and anger. Okay. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would just assume not know what people make. And if somebody finds out what I make, I really don't care. It's not their business, but I'm not going to, th- pitch a fit over it but i don't know that i want to know what other people make just because it's got a lot of potential to piss me off and we all know that a warm breeze will piss me off zook this is true (laughs) this is true um i think it might be a little bit different between the three of us though and say a more highly competitive environment like say if you were an engineer in silicon valley i mean i I understand where you're coming from and you're not wrong um it's not just a slippery slope. It's 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 an almost uh, obvious downhill slope. It's not slippery yeah. at all. It is it's a water slide, um, but it might be needed in certain industries. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I understand the need for people to say, "Hey, you know." I'm a woman and I'm doing the same job that this man does, but he's making more or whatever the case may be. Uh, I I, I get that. I get that. But in what, I mean, they say it got better for some people for what percentage of people did things get worse for? Mm, Good question. Good, so good I, they're, they're out there praising this lady for what she did. Maybe she crapped on 80% of the people because of it, you know? Hmm. Maybe maybe she inadvertently re- caused them to have a really bad day because of doing this. It got so, better for 5% of the people. Killed yeah, off another got, 95. It got better for some, but Bob in accounting committed suicide because he realized oh, that's that... that's dark. <laughs> 35 <laughs> but, years here. I make less than everyone. They said it because of my breath. I don't even have a salary. <laughs> what, they pay you people with the crap? Somebody took my stapler. <laughs> I haven't been paid in a couple weeks. Um, finally, on that wonderful note. <laughs> wow, I did go dark. The Superman's I? getting a video game. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of makes me sad, in all honesty, because of the fact that it's the team that did Batman Arkham Origins. Not the Rocksteady guys that did all the good Batman games. That's a good point. <laughs> I saw, it's like... Could okay, be worse. You, could be Treyarch. Uh, yeah, it could be the SimCity development team. 
Um, so yeah, so the team for that did Arkham Origins is making a Superman game, which means we're going to have an actual, uh, actually a good Superman game. You can't say that this is going to be a bad Superman game based on Arkham Origins because Arkham Origins was still awesome. Yeah, but it was, it was the least awesome as, of the Arkham games. I, yes, I get what he's saying. The bar still, was high. The bar still was better high. than all the other Superman games that have existed. Oh, you didn't love okay. Superman sixty four? I don't know that, <laughs> no, no, that it one. Was awesome. on that Atari twenty six hundred was pretty awesome. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, into our favorites this week. Um, mine um, is something you'd expect to hear from Squishy. Uh, in fact, he should start gushing about it here soon. But uh, the new trailer for Spectre, which is the newest James Bond movie, is out. Oh my goodness! This this brings back everything that is good about bond. I mean, yeah, we have a car chase sequence, we have gadgets, we have fights, but we have a lot of intrigue that I feel has really been missing from bond for a few decades. Honestly, not that I've minded. I haven't minded at all. I love the thriller aspect and the adventure and the action that bond has stood for, but it's been missing a lot of the suspense and mystery that the novels were known for. And that the very early bond was, was good at. And this really seems to, put it all together and i am just so expected excited for this i opened my eyes and looked at the word specter and almost pronounced it instead check out this trailer let me know if you're excited for it too uh yeah just fun stuff yeah and uh my favorite um is a virtual virtual reality game demo uh these guys that that did it um weren't even working on it full-time it's just something they did on their spare time um it is a game demo of Star Wars game for virtual reality headsets. They're, they hope to have uh, it out for the Oculus Rift by the time Oculus Rift is sold in stores. I think it's coming out next year. Um, and they they put all this uh, uh, all this footage together uh, to sh- to showcase what it might look like. And even though it's just cobbled together, it looks really awesome. Um, and unfortunately, though. Uh, because of the copyrighted music they used in the video that they didn't ask for permission for, uh, the video was taken off of Vimeo um, or, or made private, so you can't see it. So I linked to uh, one in, in uh, YouTube. It's the same video, but with the audio track taken out. So just imagine the Star Wars theme behind it and watch this. It's pretty cool. And my favorite, I don't know if you guys saw a few weeks ago when Hot Toys came out with the Millennium Falcon cockpit. That was pretty amazing. It's one-sixth scale. Well, they've actually come out with the entire ship now. Uh, 18 feet long. It uh, costs $4,500, I believe. And if you want to buy it, you're going to need, I don't know, a bigger house. Because it is freaking massive. Um, It'll fit in my front room here. <laughs> Won't be able to sit in our front room. Yeah, you're, you, you can't have a couch or anything in there with it. But hey... Um, so yeah, they've, they've got photos that have come out now and this is a thing of absolute beauty. And if I had $4,500 and I don't know, an extra wing in my house that I wasn't using for anything, I would definitely pick this up, but it is absolutely amazing. And I'm very interested and very curious as to find out who it is. that's actually going to purchase this and what their motivation is other than the fact that it's pure awesome. I would so buy it. The Millennium Falcon might not fit my house, but the two TIE fighters behind it, definitely. I, I would, I would, I'd buy it and then I'd find the technology to make me one sixth scale and I would live in it. <laughs> Dude, I'd, I'd hook, uh, I'd hook jetpacks to that thing and make it fly. You should just build a house <laughs> that looks like the Millennium Falcon Zook. Then you don't need to shrink yourself to one sixth scale. I would need to point. if I did that because I think my wife would kick me out. <laughs> Why? Because of all the people coming and wanting to be your best friend because you have the coolest house on the block? There isn't a whole lot of space in the Millennium Falcon. Despite what people would have you believe, it's actually not that big a ship. It's actually quite small. Well, in, instead of one-to-one scale, maybe if you make it a six-to-one scale. Ooh. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Now, imagine, if you want to imagine what it'd be like to be in the Millennium Falcon, imagine instead you're in Spaceballs and you're in the Winnebago, because honestly, it's about the same amount of living space. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's not huge. It's not I huge. I love Spaceballs. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that is our show this week. Um, yeah, we ramble. It's what we do. But I'm happy to be back rambling with you guys. Let us know what you think. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Plus us. Or even LO us, because I guess we've been posting to that now. Have we? Yep. Today. <laughs> wow. It's a new world. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.